This morning, I have the wonderful privilege of taking the table. It is a privilege. I often feel mixed feelings when I'm taking it because I know the sacrifice that was made for this table to come into being. But I'm also very thankful because if it hadn't been for the sacrifice of this table, I would not enjoy the privilege of having eternal life with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This table, I can't say it in Spanish. All I can say in Spanish is, hola, como esta? Hasta luego. So I can't say it in Spanish, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. This is an open table. Whether you come from Argentina, from North Carolina, from Scotland or England, or from South Georgia, wherever you come from, whatever walk of life you've been following, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this table has been prepared with loving hands for you to receive and to enjoy this morning. This is your table. This is your opportunity to give God thanks. This is your opportunity to speak to him. You don't need anyone in between to speak for you. This is an opportunity for us. If you feel a thanks burning up within saying you, then you speak to him because he hears your voice. He knows who you are. And I sometimes am overwhelmed with thanks and gratitude when I come to the realization again where God has taken me from to where I am today. Maybe some of you weren't so low down as I was. Serious. Maybe some was lower down than I was. But I know that I am thankful and grateful for the wonderful, the talk about sacrifice. This is the greatest sacrifice that was ever made. He knew what was ahead of him, and he still did it because, one reason, because he loved you, and he knew this is what it would take. So if you're here for the first time this morning, you've never had communion before, you don't feel, uh, we are inviting you to partake with us. Inside these little side tables, or trays, a good word tray. Inside them there's little pieces of bread. And it has a symbolic meaning. It's not the body of the Lord, but it's symbolic, the meaning that his body was broken for you and it was broken for me. That was a sacrifice he was willing to do. Inside this long big tower, his little cups of red juice. The red juice is symbolic. It's not his blood, but it's symbolic of his blood that was shed for you and I. So as the brethren come forward and distribute the, t the emblems this morning, I want you to hold on to them and we'll take them together. We've got a special treat for you. So I want you to hold on to them. I'm going to read the scripture to you. From Go ahead, man, and do what you do best. Corinthians 11, verse 23, reads like this. Listen to my words, folks, this morning. For I have received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. 
This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And they're, an important, they're all important verses, but one I like to bring out at this time is for all of us, every one of us. Many of us have hold grudges. Maybe an ex-husband that's been mean to you or your next door neighbor has done something bad to you or a family member or whatever it may be, or someone at work, and you feel umbrage, and you feel angry at them, I encourage you this morning to get rid of all that rubbish. Get rid of it all. It might not feel like rubbish to you because it hurt you to the quick. I've been hurt to the quick many times. But the Bible tells us, but let a man examine himself, me. If I've got something against somebody, I have to examine my heart. Nobody else has to examine me but me. And so let them eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So as we examine our hearts this morning, it's serious. Because we have to have a clean heart and a right spirit within us. So as we examine our hearts this morning, as you want to give God thanks yourself for what he's done for you and where he's brought you from, if you want to give him thanks for saving you and keeping you, you can do that this morning. This is your time to commune with the man called Jesus who gave his life for you and for me. This is our special time. In Jesus' name, I give you thanks. Amen.
As you see down in Mexico or in Argent, muchos gracias. Gracias. And uh, was another word I had. Magnifico. Hallelujah. Which means wonderful. Norman was part of the Argentina revival years and years ago. And they've got a great story. They're a wonderful family. And they've got hearts of gold. And their family are with them today. And Stephen came up to me this morning and he says, Oh, Pastor David. I says, You've got the wrong one. My name's Derek. <laughs> just, just use the first letter, Pastor D. So he got me mixed up with somebody else. But I'm Pastor D, and I am thrilled to be here this morning. Uh, Pastor Zach was to be sharing the word this morning. And when he's going to share, and I have it a little, a little easier on a Saturday night, I tend to sleep a little bit better. But I got word last night that uh, <laughs> he was very ill and sick, and he couldn't be with us. So I want you to pray for Pastor Zach. He never lets me down, and he texts me. I'm sorry if I've let you down. I said, well, you haven't let me down. Uh, I says, uh, we just need to be praying for him and lifting him up. When I told Donnie and Patsy that he wasn't speaking this morning, they were about to turn about and leave. Okay. You know I embellish things sometimes, Patsy. Praise God. I'm going to ask the team to come and sing, and then I'm going to get into God's Word this morning. And it's a fresh word. It's right off the press, as you can imagine. Some of it had been mulling around in my mind and my spirit, but uh, this is a fresh word for us today. And I find when I get a fresh word, it's for somebody. First of all, it's for me. Whenever I speak, it applies to my life and my heart. So I pray this morning that you'll be blessed and touched. Some are not here today. Carol Rutherford has had uh, uh, arm operated on. Judy Wiley is now in Colorado Springs. Patients said, oh, you're missing your sister. We're missing her too, so tell her. And it's good to have you here and uh, to be here. And I pray God will bring you to full strength very soon. Amen? You all for that? Praise God. All right, John. Your team. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply
Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the drums, we have Marcel. You notice I can say his name now. His wife gave me this this morning, and I says, well, which one is the best looking? Definitely her. She was speechless. She didn't know what to say. But I had the privilege of marrying Marcel and Tony, and uh, it's good to see you. That's what I said, didn't I? Did I not say that? Got a right name, right? Praise God. So that's a picture. Anyone who wants a closer look, come see me. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, I might be better looking at him, but I don't have arms like he does. <laughs> Hallelujah. No comments from the... Uh... My title of my message today is Top-Notch Benefits at incredible rates. Top-notch benefits at incredible rates. I'm bringing my message today from one of the great Psalms, David 103. That's where the gist of my message is coming from. You know, I've been thinking this morning about people who go for interviews for new jobs. You'll go for an interview and you'll sit there and you'll want to know what the company is going to provide for you and what the salary is and, and all those things and try and put on your best foot forward so that something in you will they'll see. I remember going for an interview uh, when I moved from Chevrolet to Jaguar 
There's a, it was an incredible financial benefit, and I had to go down to Buckhead. This is, this is not in the notes, it just came to me just now. And I remember walking across the floor to the two managers that was going to take up and open the new store. And I presented myself and found out what needed to be done. And I was new in the business and didn't know a whole lot about it and uh, had my interview. But later, when I had got the job and I was in the position, the manager sat me down and they said to me, all we needed was when we saw you walking across that floor with that lift in your step and that smile on your face, that that was what we wanted. We didn't necessarily want a car salesman. We wanted somebody with an inviting personality. So if you want to have an inviting personality, just have a spring in your step and have a smile on your face. And you know who puts that smile there? Jesus. He puts that smile there. It could have been completely different. So when you go for an interview, you're supposed to be ready and, and presentable. And also when you go there, you want to know, well, what are they going to offer me for all these hours I'm putting in? And sometimes, believe it or not, there are some people that are not so much interested in what their financial package is. In other words, what they're going to get an hour. It does matter. But that is not the key thing for them in some cases. There are cases where people are more interested in what the benefits that the company are going to give them. What are the benefits? I believe there are some people here working today at a job just for the benefits. I believe that maybe some people are retired that would go back to work just to have the benefits of especially here in the United States of America, of the benefits of the insurance and everything that the company cover, 401ks, 901cs, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it sounded good to say it. But they go for there and they're not, but did you know this, that if someone was going to take a part-time job and they've almost got the amount of hours that is required for them to receive full benefits from the company, if they would just put in a few more hours, they could receive full benefits. A part-time person doesn't normally receive the benefits of what the company has to offer. And sometimes it's because we are unaware of the situation. If I just work an extra four hours a week or five hours a week, I'm going to have not only the pay that they'll give me for that four or five hours, but I'm going to receive all the benefits that the company has to offer. Sometimes we are unaware of it. I know there's situations where uh, my wife has been told by uh, different people who are more experienced in the U.S. way of life on, on uh, retirement and, and all those things that that offer if you did something such and such and such and such, you qualify for the benefits of part of your husband's retirement. And uh, a lot of people don't know that. And oftentimes you miss out on all that money and they don't mandate it. They only take it until when you bring it to their attention. I don't want to be a pastor. 
this church or anywhere else where I'm not making it clear what is required of us to be a Christian, to accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life, and to live this wonderful life that he has prepared for us. And our instruction manual is in his book, the Bible. So I don't want anybody to have an excuse. Well, they've never mentioned that to me. I never knew that. When I first got saved, I didn't have a Bible. When I first got saved, I'd never heard a gospel message being put forth. When I first got saved, it wasn't the preacher that made the difference to me so much as the people in the platform that I saw and their faces or the people in the church, I thought to myself, hey, black people have something that I don't have. And that is the thing that I began to question before I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and in my life. So you can make a difference, even if you're not up here speaking, even if you never speak another word or speak just a welcome. Just that expression that you have, a random act of kindness that you can give, that makes a whole difference. And not looking for a reward here, because the reward here doesn't last very long. But there is a reward for us. When we hear the words said to us on that day, well done, my good and faithful servant. What would you rather hear? Well done. My good and faithful servant, as you're going in through there. Or would you like to hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. I want to make sure that you know the requirements, or some of the requirements, for you to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Top-notch benefits. with incredible rates. Turn in your Bible to Psalm 103 as I outline these wonderful words of blessing that is found in this psalm that has it for the child of God. Psalm 103 says these words, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sin, 
nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he hath removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. Now you can manage, uh, measure north to south, but you can't measure east to west. Oft times when we read the Psalms written by David, you can see he talks to himself first. And I'm talking to me first this morning about the benefits that I can receive from the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's speaking to himself first. It is often easier for us to tell others what to do than it is to speak to ourselves and encourage ourselves in the Lord when we find ourselves in a valley experience or in a low period in our lives. But David knew the secret, and I want you to know the secret. I want you to have the assurance this morning. I want you to know the secret that David had, how to rise above his circumstances. I want you, Joy Parler, to realize, and I know you do know, so I'm not speaking to you, but I just thought I'd mention your name. How to rise above your circumstances. There's a man called Jesus. As we cast our care upon him, we can realize that he truly does care for us. You cannot lie to yourself. Well, you can, but you know what the truth is. Sometimes we try and fool ourselves or trick ourselves or tell our stu ourselves stuff that's not right. But it doesn't last. It's not truth. That's one thing about speaking to yourself. You can't lie. You may have to repeat the words a few times before you begin to feel any different. Sometimes you have to speak in faith and repeat in a few times to yourself before it registers. This week I've had some problems with the old ticker. I thought I had, and I was at the doctors Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And Wednesday I went in, they did an echocardiogram on me, and I felt bad on the table. Uh, they kept me, the doctor came out, and because uh, it was a PA that was doing the test, and uh, then they, he, all that stuff that they do, put things everywhere. He, they gave me an EKG and the echocardiogram and the EKG didn't, wasn't any much different than what it was before. But he was cautious because I had this pain in my lower jaw that I'd had one time before when I had had a heart attack and I had this pain and it felt like the same symptoms. You ever got a car? Yeah. Uh, I had a truck last week that I was with Jimmy with in a car, in a truck. Boy, it was running really rough, and I knew that there was something, and I thought it was missing. Just what do they call it here, missing? No, there's another one. Here. Skipping. I knew it was skipping. Let me see what you do when you skip, Paul. I knew it was skipping, and I found out it was nothing serious, but it sounded serious. It had a plug lead off, so it was skipping. It wasn't right. But I knew I've had cars that had been skipping before, so I knew the symptoms. 
so I could think what it would be. And I knew the symptoms of this pain in my jaw, what it was. Anyway, went to the doctor. Maggie took off her work, that's a big deal, on Thursday and came with me for the tests. I got a nuclear test or a thallium test, stress test. And then on Friday, we had to go back in and get the results. Well, I got a good report, Robert. Whose report are you going to believe, Robert? I got a good report from the doctor, and we come out of there all smiles. So I was encouraging myself in the Lord and thanking him. Now, I called Gail, because I promised her I would call her. And she says, oh, after I told her all about it, and I was being very confident. Maybe she thought I was being a little bit spiritual. I don't know what she was thinking. It's tough to know, Sam says, it's tough to know what she thinks. <laughs> so I don't know what she was thinking, but then she would on to say to me, okay, big man, she says, big man. In other words, I was putting across to her that I was fine, I was, but that's not, it wasn't about me. It was about the Lord and me, how I believe that he brought me through that situation. But it, it tickled me inside when she said, okay, big man, because I wasn't being a big man. I was just being honest. That's really what I felt. And it's taken me a long time to get to learn that, to get myself into that place in my life. Before I would think of all the things I could do or other people can do, quicker than I would think of immediately going to the Lord. And you know, I want to encourage you this morning, every one of us, to go to the Lord first. So, big man, Gail, it sparked off a thought in my mind, and it helped me with this message this morning. What exactly does it mean when we say to bless the Lord, O oh my soul? First of all, we are telling ourselves to make a conscious choice to bless the Lord. There's a reason for it. There's a reward behind it. There's a benefit in doing it to bless the Lord. It means to praise him, to praise his character, to praise his deeds. We have to think of all that we have to bless the Lord for. Think about it now, just for a second. I have got so much to thank God for that I couldn't even tell you in a day. He has blessed me so much and he's taken me so far. It also means to adore him. See, some people think you just come into church just to sing a few songs and say, well, I go there. Some people go to these big mega churches and they're part of that, but a lot of them go there to hide. I don't want you to come in here to hide to say you come to a place. I want you to come and adore him for what he's done for you. That's what these men, these platform party are encouraging you to do is to step out of yourself and your own circumstance and adore him and to love him to realize afresh to let it come alive within you what Jesus has done for you it's not just idle words he's brought you <coughs> so that you can have eternal life hallelujah oh bless you joy I knew I had to mention you this twice this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a time for us to love him and to exalt him. 
What does it mean to exalt? Bring him up and give him his place. His place of authority. His place that he deserves for the sacrifice that he's made for you and for me. A time to exalt him. It's also a time to submit to him. Submit our lives afresh over to him and allow him to take control of your life your family, you fathers that are the heads of your home and the mothers that are so, so important in a home and the grandparents that have such an important part to play in a family. It's up to us to submit to him so that we in turn, our children and our grandchildren can see who we are submitted to and who we give honor to and who we give thanks to and who we give place to every moment of every day. So bless the Lord by praising him and adoring him. We also praise God for who he is and what he's done for us. David also reminded himself not to forget his benefits. There's benefits in being a Christian, you know. I'm going to tell you a few of them if you didn't know them before. Forget not all his benefits. What are some of his benefits? First of all, he forgives our sins. Wow. He forgives our sins. That would be probably number one. Benefit then goes to say he heals us of all our diseases. We serve a miracle-working God. The eagle, Jessica. A few weeks ago, I told you about one of Maggie's chickens. It reminded me of an eagle. That's her now. Her name is Hawkeye. And uh, it might not look like much of an eagle to you, but all these chickens are eagles to Maggie. They are beautiful things. Mess up all over the place about, but they do give us beautiful eggs that are so rich and, and wonderful. But I told you about this thing, but it wasn't long after I'd seen this, because it had a whiter head then, and it looked more like a, a, an eagle, a majestic eagle to me, but it wasn't long after watching it for a wee while that I realized that that wasn't any eagle. It, it wasn't soaring. It was looking about like an old chicken seeking what it could get in the backyard. I like the part when it says, he will satisfy my mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle, Jessica. The eagle is the strongest, most majestic of all birds. But even their strength has to be renewed. Every five years or so, the eagle has a time it begins a molting process where it loses most of its feathers and it begins to look like the chicken that you saw on the fence. It loses most of its feathers and it goes through that process and you saw the eagle there. If it was like the chicken, it would look sickly and weak with no new feathers, but the new feathers grow 
and the eagle will begin to feel majestic again with renewed strength and energy. As a Christian, as we get older, the desire to serve the Lord and honor him in everything we do does not slow down. He gives us strength and power until he calls us to our heavenly home. He protects us from harm, seen and unseen. Just the other day when Anne and Alan were here, I was taking them into Norcross, and I was coming along, uh, what's the name of that street? Uh, uh, no, the other one. Coming from my house, you take a left. Medlock Bridge. And there's two lanes of traffic. And I was on, I was on the uh, fast lane. So I'm going along there, and I'm talking to them. And the next I knew, this car comes just right in front of me. Right in front of me. I had to swerve over to the inside lane, and then very fast, using my technical skills, <laughs> very fast, turn the car side on, and Anne and them were still talking, <laughs> and come in front of the guy, and then straighten myself out. He come out and turned, and he's having his way, and we're going, sorry, sorry, we didn't see you. So they were coming out. But you see, what I'm trying to bring out to you is that the Lord protects us from things that are seen like that. I thank them for protecting me that I didn't have an accident. But there are many times that things like that could happen or are in the instant of happening that we don't know about, where he protects us, where he looks after us. I'm sure all of us have had, you ask Gunny and Man, the scout, black horse scout. You ask some of them men that have been in the military, just ask Sam when he goes on his walk around his neighborhood. You know, we never know when things are approaching us. I'm sure we've all had close calls, even some we are aware of. I remember the Lord's Prayer deliver us from evil. The devil comes to rob, kill, steal and destroy. But our God, our God has come to give us life and have it more abundantly. Not only abundant life in this world, but it's eternal life that really matters. We get so caught up. How many of us get caught up in the things of this world? Having a better car than the person next door, our guards got to be better. All those stuff that were important to me at one time. But they don't have that same importance to me now as they had. God has blessed me. God has been good to me and to my family. And for that, I'm thankful for. And I appreciate it. We get caught up with the things of this world. You'd think we were going to be here forever. In Chronicles 29, it reads, for we are strangers and foreigners in a strange land. You see, folks, we're only here temporary. Temporary residents. I remember when we came over here first, we were desperate to become residents of the, these United States of America. And it's getting closer. 
So we applied for the green card. It was very hard in those days, but not so hard as it is now. We came in on a visa. What a desire we had for that green card. And on the top of the card, it read permanent resident. But really, we are not. None of us are. Even the United States citizens are not here forever. I want you to realize that. All the things you're feeling important in this world is not really all that important in the sight of eternity. There will come a time when we all, all of us who have asked Jesus into our heart and accepted him as our savior will be called home. Remember Michael and some of the Cameron family when they used to travel in the States for months, travel and minister all over, and there was a time on their trip when they felt the call of home. I don't know if you've ever been homesick and you feel that call of home that you just want to get home to see your friends, to see your mother, to see your family, to go that call of home. There's a call of home that you and I are going to get one day and that call will come from our almighty heavenly father and his name is Jesus. Our real hope is to spend eternity with him. In verse 12 of Psalm 103, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. If you haven't this morning, whoever I'm talking to, if you haven't experienced his benefits today, I would encourage you today, right now, not to miss a moment, to ask him to be your heavenly father and your savior. The greatest decision you could ever make is when we have that decision to ask Jesus to come in to our hearts and life. That was the greatest, most important decision I ever made was the day that I bowed the knee and I asked him to come into my heart and my life. And you know, he took me in and he changed my life. He changed my thinking. He changed my circumstances. He changed my future to where I am today. It would be doing you all a real disservice if I didn't tell you how important it is to have Jesus in your heart and in your life. And I'm not telling you that because I'm a preacher. I'm not telling you that because I'm a pastor. I'm telling you that because I'm your friend. And I love you all how important it is, you young folks, the spirit that I felt in that room when I went there the other day and I saw your little faces just a-beaming, every one of you, just the joy that you had, the friendship you were having, and it's growing between one another and how you open up to one another and how you encourage one another. That did something to me on Saturday night. I am so blessed to know every one of you. I'm so blessed that you're here in this church. I'm blessed that your parents encourage you to come into the house of the Lord because they won't get taught anything bad. It'll all be good. There'll be a better daughter. There'll be a better son if you encourage them to come hear God's word. And when they accept it and it comes into their heart and life, you'll see a change in them. 
and you'll be proud of you are proud of them anyway but you'll be even more proud as you see him going up and growing up and doing the things for the lord when i hear the young children say or the youth say different things and it's so powerful some of the things that they say it would blow you away if you just take time to listen to their conversation this morning let us not forget all his benefits bless the lord all your soul and forget not his benefits this morning that he has for each and every one of you that he doesn't withhold from any one of you but i encourage you not to be lukewarm and to walk the fence and just come in and spend an hour when you have the opportunity to join in with these men that have prepared these psalms, these songs of the Holy Spirit that minister to us and speak to us, I encourage you this morning, next week or in the week to come, I encourage you to enter in. I said to little Michael, Michael Buckland, when he first come, he played the guitar when he first come. I said, Michael, it's not in the playing the guitar now. It's in the words you're singing. Put your heart into the words that you're singing and you're putting over. And people are going to see through you the difference that it can make. Just like it did in my heart and my life. So this morning, let's just stand together. Team, come forward quick as you can. And we're just going to sing a song as we leave today. If you need prayer this morning, please remember John Baker, Carol Rutherford, and Wanda. Continue to pray for Gail, uh, that the Lord will continue to touch them and heal them. Remember my son-in-law, Zach, at this time. But are there any more that we have to remember? Hallelujah. I want you to remember the Garcia family, especially. Is there any more this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No more. Everybody's all home. Okay. Debbie. My dear Debbie Simpson, let's remember her this morning. She's a special woman. Hallelujah. And also, just before we sing, just sing softly, John. Come forward, Jim. Would the prayer team come forward at this time?